ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents Kyle Brandt's Basement, hosted by NFL Network's Good Morning Football host Kyle Brandt. The Sunday through Thursday show explores the ins and outs of the NFL through lively guest interviews with the top voices in the sport and inventive segments unique to Brandt. That's Kyle Brandt's Basement. Find the show where you are listening to this podcast. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie, I think we got a good idea for this episode. You and I both are kind of big picture thinkers and want to put all these like trends into like easily explainable like theories. And I think it's time for us to like have a theory check in. We've had lots of theories pop up on this podcast and in private conversations with you and I that I think we either nailed or we're dead wrong. So how do you feel about a little theory, a little football theory check-in? I mean, I do think that we're both football philosophers. <laughs> you are Fox Stradamus. Um, I, like I don't have one for, for, for myself yet, but... Can you name any other philosophers? Nietzsche? Nietzsche? Yeah, Socrates? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Char- Charlatis? Okay, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out later. All right, my first theory, the one that I'm most proud of, that started early in the season is that the number one receiver is what the running back was in the 90s. And all teams that are, like, really legitimate competitors need a number one receiver. And I think this gives us entree into a lot of games this weekend. I think it describes the difference between the Chiefs and the Bills. Mm -hmm. Because we saw it several times in that game that – the two touchdowns, two early touchdowns, Gabe Davis in man coverage, throw it up, Gabe Davis makes a play. Stephon Diggs in man coverage, throw it up, makes a play. Uh, Mahomes threw one up to Marquez Valdez-Scanlon in the corner and end zone. It got intercepted. And as much as Josh Allen does for this team, he can take some plays off, kind of, because he has these guys where it's like, all right, we got man coverage, put it over there. They're going to get open and make a play. So I think the same thing could be said for the Ravens game is Lamar Jackson struggles when you ask him to be like pinpoint accurate. That's not what he is. And that's why I think he eats up zone as a passer and his big man beating ability is his ability to run with the football. And as the giants did a good job of trying to keep somebody in his face and blitzing him, which kind of takes away his late scramble situation. He needs somebody that can beat man coverage. And the only person he has that can beat man coverage is Bateman and Andrews. Bateman was out. I'm Bateman for the record. Once he comes back, he's been excellent. Yeah, and Bateman was out, and Andrews is a tight end. And we've had this conversation before where tight ends, they don't stretch the field. As good as they are, they don't stretch the field, and you need a number one Tyreek Hill-style player to stretch the field. So, I don't know. We can go through all the other teams, like the, the Packers, I think, fall into this category of the absence of a number one receiver. Um, is being very evident uh, and the same thing I guess it's not fair to th- to um, throw the Rams in this conversation also because they have a number one receiver but it's also it's the same thing to me uh, Cooper Cup's impact on the game is a little well, bit closer to a tight end than it is to like uh, take the roof off the defense type of guy let's get into this this is exactly where I wanted wanted to get to so I do want to tie it back to Chiefs Bills because that 
deserves a little ex a little extra love on what the receivers meant to that game. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about what you mean by wide receiver one, by a true X, and why that changes the game. Because I watch football, and I think the slot in the middle of the field has become more valuable than ever. Like me, Charlie Kravitz, I ask you, Dominique Foxworth, is Justin Jefferson a number one receiver? Yes. Is Debo Samuel a number one receiver? Hmm. So I you're I appreciate what you're doing here. Is you're forcing yes. me to be uh, clearer about um, the terminology that I use because um, these guys feast in the slot. They built yeah. whole offenses. They built like the concept of what a modern receiver. I would is. say I would say yes. I mean, obviously, if the question is number one receiver, I'd say yes to both of them. Uh, Debo less so, but like. It feels like you're you're insulting him, and I don't want it to be an insult. Like I think no, no. Debo's value and Cooper Cup's value is immense. And what I actually what I'm actually talking about is a receiver that can like make big big plays, and that requires your defense to devote uh, a safety over the top. Right. To them. Tilt tilt the geometry of the field. Right. Makes it so there are mismatches on for weaker players to exploit. Perfectly put. And that's different than what I see out of somebody like Cooper Cup, because Cooper Cup demands a double team, too. But he demands a bracket double team because you're trying to keep him from optioning. It is the same. It's the same way you would double team a tight end. That's what they did to Mark Andrews at the end of that Ravens game. When Lamar got when Lamar fumbled, they bracketed uh, Andrews and he didn't know where to go with the ball. And then Thibodeau slapped it out. But, yeah, I get your point. Um I don't know. I, I probably need a better terminology than just true number one receiver. But that's the only thing I can come up with is someone yeah. who like requires that type of attention. And Debo impacts the game in a bunch of different ways. But if you put Debo outside at the number one, we aren't rolling a safety over top of Debo. Like that's right. that's not what's going to happen. Well, we've I mean, in that case specifically, we've seen him not be as valuable in that in that spot. That like without with Jimmy G on the field, he has to get Debo the ball in the middle of the field. Um, but I want to tie back to Chiefs Bills because I, I think the wide receiver value conversation is more interesting than it's ever been. In my opinion, it's beyond just having wide receiver one. It's having multiple guys. It's having optionality. Right. Like that's the Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs thing. That's the Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill thing. But I want to know from you, and I, this is not just a, a toss up for the sake of it. Do you think it was more valuable in that Chiefs Bills game that the Bills had number one receivers or that? the Chiefs offense was limited by not having weapons outside of Kelsey. Cause to me, it's the latter. Yeah. 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 I think the limitations uh, on the Chiefs offense because of that lack of a, like a true like defense breaker like that, or so, someone who tilts the, the uh, gravity of the field. I think it's more evident for them. I guess I don't know how to quantify how valuable it is. Actually I do. Because uh, Mahomes' interceptions, to me, kind of feel like a result of this. It's like you're asking, as great as he is, mm -hmm. you're asking him to be that every time you need a play. Whereas when you need a play for Josh Allen, he can give it to you. But also sometimes these other guys can give you a play. And, and not only can give you a play, because I think Juju Smith-Schuster gave them a play but you can rely on them 
to yeah. give you one of those big plays. You know that Stephon Diggs is going to be open if he's in man coverage. And the same thing is true for Gabe Davis in the middle of the field if he's running a post or something like that. Or a go like he did this weekend. So I think that takes pressure off of Josh Allen. Why they don't have a while they don't have a running attack to take pressure off of Josh Allen, they can take pressure off of him. And Mahomes is doing those regular Mahomes things, but just asking to do it too many times just is nobody's perfect. He's going to throw the ball to the wrong guys sometimes. And I think that I don't know whether it's whether we should talk about the bills being good because of it, or we should talk about the chiefs struggling because not having it either way, it just seems obvious that it's important. Well, I think it's, I think it's both. And I think we should get to both, but first, like, I'm looking at the standings right now after six weeks, and this is when, you know, DVA becomes valuable. We start getting a sense of who these teams are. And I'm looking at the best teams in the league, just the teams that we think can really be contenders, where the Chiefs want to be. And it's the Bills at 5-1. and one, It's the Chiefs at 4-2. and two, It's the Eagles at 6-0. and oh, It's the Vikings at 5-1. and one, It's the Giants at 5-1, and one, which is, we can get to that, more of an aberration. But you look at all of those teams, and it's just the Chiefs and the Giants without top flight receivers. Those are the only teams at the top without weapons who can change a game with one play. And I think we know the Giants offense is much more smoke and mirrors and is unique with the way that you Saquon and they don't really use Daniel Jones to throw the ball in and play action. So to me, I left the game on Sunday less bullish on the Chiefs offense, the team I thought was going to win the Super Bowl before the season, because I don't know if they have the threats around Mahomes to be the dominant offense that we've seen for the last five years. Yeah, I picked them before the season started, and it was after the Raiders game. We came on here, and I was like, you know what? Mm -mm, I don't like that pick anymore because it seemed obvious they didn't have that difference maker at that position. But uh, they have a chance because they have Patrick Mahomes. But to be fair to them, this is like their version of a rebuild yeah. year. I think that their little run was over, and this is a hell of a rebuild year to be still one of the best teams in football. But I can't imagine that they're not going to address this deficiency in the coming offseason. And maybe they'll attract Odell Beckham and address it right now. But uh, I don't know. But uh, we'll see how it goes along. Maybe one of these guys will develop into something more than they've been. Maybe Sky Moore, once he fully learns the offense, will be that guy. But I don't see this guy on the roster right now for them. Yeah, I agree. The only All thing right. I want us to ask about the Bills really quick. How good is Von Miller? No, we should talk about Von Miller because he's the freak, a freak. But also the Josh Allen thing, we know he's probably 1A, 1B best quarterback in the NFL. But his last three games against the Chiefs, two wins, more than 300 yards, three plus touchdowns, no interceptions in any of them. And also to go 99 yards and sort of just do it with like, for lack of a better term, nuts on the table, be the guy yeah. when it mattered. And like mm -hmm. he is ascending to a place that's really hall of fame worthy. And I think takes note, cause it's not just the numbers. Like he mm -hmm. is doing it in primetime moments to get against the best teams in the NFL. And we just talked about the receivers, but he deserves some shine for that too. Cause it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, he does it so often that it's not interesting, <laughs> you know, but I think, yeah. There's one thing left for him to do is to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's going to, right or wrong, fair or not, that'll change the way we talk about him. But I guess I don't know how it would change it because we already talk about him 1A, 1B with Mahomes. I guess if he wins the Super Bowl this year, we'll have to have that conversation of like, is he one 
all by himself. But I, I, I don't see that happening either because what Mahomes yeah. has accomplished. He's one of those dudes who, and I know this is like football buzzword, he jumps off the screen with just how yeah. flexible he is. Like guys who yeah. shouldn't be that bendy when they're 265 pounds. It's bizarre to see someone that athletic who's had major injuries too. He's had lower body surgeries in this seasons and he still is like, you know, a 260 pound Simone Biles on the edge. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Here's another theory that uh, is pretty shocking to me to be wrong is before the season, we thought this was like the best crop of quarterbacks we've ever had in the league. Like we've never had this many good quarterbacks. And like, I think a more accurate telling is like, we haven't had this many not bad quarterbacks. Yes. Cause like I was like, Justin Herbert is not playing the way that, we like we Herbert was on the like in the Mahomes Allen conversation he ain't doing that Lamar Jackson struggled several times this season so he's not up there and like um Rodgers and Brady are obviously having down years Burrow is has a 51 QBR which is I think it's league average this year but it's traditionally below what the average normally is it's league average this year because everybody is down so yeah I, I mean I don't know the reason I guess I should as a defensive guy I should celebrate defense and say that's the reason defense is up but also just feels like they're not as good as we thought they were yeah I mean this is a really weird time and you know we're not the first people to say that we thought this was going to be a bridging of generations where there was going to be the old guys. And then this crazy group of the last three years of draft picks becoming elite. Also, and we were going to have like 15 good quarterbacks. I actually went through and I thought there were going to be 16 or 17 good quarterbacks, but I think it's like, I think it's pretty illustrative. Mahomes and Allen have lived up to every billing this year, regardless of what's around them. They've been awesome. Then you look at the other guys we thought were elite. This show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash DF. Top 10 quarterbacks. And I think pretty much all of the rest of them with the exception yeah. of Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Well, I don't think yeah, Jalen Hurts yeah. wasn't a top 10 guy, but yeah, yeah, you're right. He's, he's there now. It feels like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go through the list. Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady and Rogers. Yep. Stafford, Super Bowl champion down. Joe Burrow down. Justin Herbert, slightly down. Kyler Murray fell off a cliff. Trevor Lawrence ascended and <laughs> plateaued and is playing sort of like a dumbass right now. Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, you can go through it. Yeah, Matt. I mean, guys who have been more successful, it was just crazy to say because the Colts are three and two. And I don't think that Matt Ryan has been particularly good, but it's like 
Geno Smith, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff. Those are the guys, Marcus Mariota, who are exceeding expectations. And that's wild. We thought it was going to be a totally different tier of guys. We thought it was going to be the Dax, the Kylers, the Lamars, the Matthew Staffords, um, even a, even like a Kirk Cousins with Kevin O'Connell, who are going to put up video game numbers and sort of be this other tier of quarterbacks. And that has not happened. And that's ignoring the young guys. That's ignoring... You know, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think that I expect quarterbacks to have dips in their careers in several weeks, but not all at the same time. And Mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of football this year, and it doesn't feel like teams are doing anything defensively that's, like, so much more challenging than it was last year. Like, it feels like the theme of this season is much like the theme was last year, is that defensive coaches have decided not to give up uh, the big play and make quarterbacks uh, work their way down the field. They were doing that last year and the quarterbacks were still playing well enough for us to be excited. And maybe part of it is like what we were projecting for certain players. And I, yeah, I think also it's just like the, just a fall off uh, for some guys that had to be coming and and just came. So I don't know. It could be a coincidence, but I think we, there's no way we can argue that we were right about, that the belief that the this was going to be the best year of quarterback play that we've seen in the NFL. Yeah. And part of it, quarterbacks, good quarterback play is usually indicative of teams that are highly competent and good. And they're just far fewer good teams. And it's hard. It's a total chicken and egg situation. But part of that has to go to the quarterbacks. Yeah. They're all in the middle of the pack, the quarterbacks and the teams. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. So here's another one that was mine, is that offensive coordinators are overrated. We love to talk about offensive geniuses, and we love to talk about how important offensive coordinators are and quarterback whisperers, blah, 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 blah. And I got a chance. It's a theory that I've had for a while, and I've been annoyed by it for a while, is how we cook up this mythology around offensive-minded coaches. And we got to put it to the test <clears throat> this year because it's offseason. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia were put in charge of the Patriots' offense. And I had to listen to people say oh this is the worst they're gonna completely fall off a cliff they coach defense there's no way that they are smart enough to coach offense they cannot do this blah 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 
And I was like, okay, they may not be the best, but there's probably like three or four offensive coordinators that are great. The rest of them are average. And like these guys are football coaches. <laughs> They're going to come over there and be average. And the Patriots are probably going to be an average offense. And guess what? They're 17th by e EPA right now. So like, yeah, it's not that hard. And like, it's very hard for somebody to get up off their couch and go coach, uh, coordinate uh, an NFL offense. It's not hard for a defensive coordinator to spend his entire offseason coordinating uh, offense. Like it's, it's coaching. You're not asking a teacher to come coach. You're not asking a veterinarian to come be an offensive coordinator. These coordinators, offensive coordinators, are not geniuses. They're just football coaches. The end of rant. I'm happy that I was right, and they're doing it with Zappy out there. Don't you don't you come in here no, and no, say no, I'm wrong. No, 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 no. This That's is a such a take. bad take. Great. I hate this take. For, first of all, you could boil down your part of this take to being like, any Bill Belichick coach football team is going to be well coached on both sides of the ball because he's the greatest football coach in the history of football. And the second part, Bailey Zappi is kind of good. And I think we should have realized, like, I, we know that college starts can be indicative of good quarterback play early. And he has a ton of college uh, records. There's a chance he actually might be a pretty good player, like at least a, at least a young quarterback asset. But to me, all right, I want to kick your theory down the road, kick the can of your theory down the road a little bit. Do you think, okay, let's imagine these teams had good offensive coordinators. I think we agree Cliff King's very bad coach. Do you think Kyler Murray salvageable with good offensive coordinator? Okay, so that coordinator would matter. Um, do you think that given the right offensive system, yes. a team I mean, you don't, like the Giants could be changed by a quarter? Could you think you they no, 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 change no, no, the you don't, Giants offense? This is to like, to me, it feels like a straw man. Um, did I say that offensive coordinators don't matter? If I said that they don't matter, then that's not what I meant. My point is that they are overrated and how difficult it is. So, yes, there are bad coordinators, and it's just a comparison from offense to defense. My point is the, that we live in a world where offensive coordinators get this genius label, and we celebrate them all the time. So all the questions that you're asking me about offenses, apply those to defenses too. Yes, I think – so I guess that's oh, the only yeah. point I'm making is that when people are arguing, you can't take a defensive coach, and this was the – like the – an opportunity. It's the thing that I've always felt is how we oversell how smart and how difficult it is to run an offense and how these guys are genius quarterback whispers. This is coming yeah, from yeah, a yeah. place of hurt. It, this is coming. No, from no, a no, no, no. Not a DB place of hurt, a defensive or an offensive bias place of hurt. Just a whole life spending my whole life on defense in defensive meeting rooms, doing complicated schemes, doing all the things that the offense does and answering the things that they do. And somehow we are always kind of like, tab with like oh there's wild aggressive instinctive players and, and we don't get the same smart label and I guess my point with all this was I was so excited about Judge and Patricia not the ones I would have chosen but I was excited to just prove that or at least show that it ain't that hard so like that's I guess that's my point so yeah. don't get me wrong don't frame this as me saying that coordinators don't matter my point is offensive coordinators are not smarter than defensive coordinators. Being an offensive coach is not harder than being a defensive coach. Calling plays through the course of a football game are not that hard. You already narrowed it down on your big menu. Tells you on third and five to seven, these are the 10 plays we like. If they ran cover one last time on third and five, run a cover one beater the next time on third and five. It ain't that hard. 
and scheming up offensive game plans for the course of the week. Who better to scheme up an offensive game plan than a defensive coach who knows all the weak spots of the coverage? That's my point. So if you have a line of questioning that will prove to me that somehow that how it's much more difficult to be an offensive coordinator, please let's go down that line. But that's no, the thing no, that no, frustrates no. me. I just think your better take, your better take is defensive coordinators are, are underrated. Because my whole thing is the only point of coaching. Beyond motivation, the only point of coaching is to find small advantages strategically. And that is immensely valuable in football. Like if you can keep teams from getting first downs or you can get more first downs simply because of strategy and play calling, that is a huge advantage to cover up weaknesses in the roster. And I think that's equally valuable on both sides of the ball. We see that with teams all the time who end up with you know competent defenses or who make the right decisions because they have good defensive coaches. And it covers up the fact that defense can be so volatile from year to year with the talent. And I, I think the same thing on offense. I think having the right guys is massively valuable, but no more yeah. valuable. Okay, than I think you're right. I got to reframe it. Don't tear down the offensive coordinators. Let's lift up these defensive coordinators and just That's right. keep them on there the same. Defense positive. <laughs> keep, yes, I like that. We are defensive positive podcast, but we hate special teams coaches. All right, let's get to the bets. Before we close this thing out, what's our record right now? We're nine and seven on the year, and we went two and two last week. And quite frankly, we should have got four and zero. We got robbed. Let's roll through these really quick. We just talked about the Patriots of the Browns, and we won that bet easily. We had the Patriots plus two and a half, and that one was intel immediately. Bill Belichick cooked the Browns. Talk Bailey Zappi coach. looked good. The defense looked good. The Patriots. Patriots have something rolling right now. I mean, I think a lot of people are noticing that, that, you know, Ramondre St- Stevenson is good. Bailey Zappi's played well. Both of their tight ends are playing well. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, who they drafted, has played pretty well. These are pretty impressive small-name guys who are playing well for them. Um, the second bet where we really got robbed, Jaguars plus two and a half on the Colts. That was a terrible beat. We not only had it, but also... If they just, if the Jaguars just don't give up a touchdown with 15 seconds left and the Colts give up their, hit their game winning field goal, we win that bet with the Jaguars losing by two. And it just showed how dumb the Jaguars were down the stretch of that game. Why, who is Trevor Lawrence? What is Trevor Lawrence? I I need to know. Uh, Somebody tell me because I don't have an answer. It's just the inconsistency is something that we didn't see. And you guys had me believing that we could blame it all on Urban Meyer. And it doesn't seem like that's the case. It's frustrating because through three weeks of the season. Yeah, we thought he was going to be like an ascendant star. He looked like Herbert and Burrow level through three weeks. And now it's like, woof. We have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe I'll uh, give myself some homework to do some Trevor Lawrence deep dive because I really don't know what's going yeah. on there. I just know that the numbers seem inconsistent. And when I'm watching, it's just like I fully trust them. And then I'm like, oh, is that Carson Wentz? Yeah, it's very strange. Speaking of which, that's bet three. Carson, we bet you at over 0.5 INTs. And... It's unbelievable. I'm from D.C. We both live in D.C. Carson Wentz can manage to disappoint <laughs> us even when we fade him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Wentz, so he, he didn't, he didn't turn, he didn't great. throw a pick. That's a shocker. Yeah, that was the Thursday nighter, right? That was 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, is the NFL mad at Amazon? I know it was like rumored in the past that they were mad at ESPN, so they didn't give us good games back in the day. I think they've mended those fences, but Amazon just came in with all this money. And I guess the number, they got uh, Herbert versus Mahomes to start. And then they got uh, mm-hmm. some Russell games, which we thought was a good thing. But the rest of these games, man, ugh, oh. Yeah. They were hilarious games. Yeah. Hilariously sad. And then our last bet that we won comfortably was we had the Bucks Steelers under 44 points. And that game, it ended up at 38 total, but we were pretty comfortably winning that bet uh, up until the end when there's some garbage time touchdowns. And that one's pretty interesting because Brady was freaking out his offensive line. And that offense is broken, but Godwin is like, back back and mike evans is there and i don't totally understand what is i thought i thought their that game was going to end at 38 ish points but i thought it was going to be like a 27 to 3 game by the box what do you that seems like a interesting building to be in like being in that locker room figuring out what's going yeah. on brady's in and out of town practicing some days not practicing other days it's uh and then there's like all the rumors surrounding um his personal life that I don't know. And and they have a head coach who's like a consultant, but not a head coach who's like hanging out at games and practices, which is over, overlooking this thing and making contributions. Yeah. Who, who got forced fired. out by Brady? Like it's a convoluted situation. And um, that stability that Tom Brady was used to in New England, he seems like is part of the reason why it does not exist in Tampa. They got their Super Bowl, so it's nothing to be upset about. But, yeah, I think this team is not going to get back to where um, people expected them. I think you have a better sense of this than everyone else. But, like, okay, you're in that locker room, and I loathe doing this. But you probably, if you're a player in that on that team, Brady comes in, you yeah. think of him as, like, a god. You idolize Tom Brady. At this point, after these six weeks, you're a little bit sick of his <sighs> shit, right? of everything that's going around with this. Cause like, it's not like he's helping them win at this point either. It just, it seems like yeah. a really, I love situation. when you do this because it allows me to completely dismiss it. It's like, I, yes. Uh, you like say you are a football player. How does Tom Brady feel right now? Like, yeah, I was a football play- player, but I don't have any clue. Like I wasn't that type of football player, but anyway, in this situation, I think Tom Brady has so much, cachet that it's hard to get mad at Tom Brady I would guess I think that if there are some like frustrated whispers happening they're whispers you know like yeah I don't don't think yeah yeah I don't think that it's enough to get to be part of the problem but I, I think you know what I think it does that could hurt the team is it removes the like high ground when the team when the coach or other players are trying to like demand more of other guys which is like a a traditional football thing is like all right we need more out of you need more time film need more time working out we need more commitment we need harder practice we need more focus we need more 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 it's very easy to do when the leader of the team is Tom Brady. And that's what we always heard about him in New England. It's like Belichick coaches him as hard as he coaches anyone else, which then allows you to coach everyone else with that same intensity because you're like, well, you're doing it to Tom Brady. So I do think that the credibility and no one's going to like yell back 
at at any of the coaches and be like, but Tom's not doing it. But I think you internalize that and you're like, whether you know it or not, you feel like, oh, well, he's not fully committed. And you'll never like be able to like explicitly say, well, I'm not going to be fully committed, but you're not going to commit the same way when the right. goat is out here flying in and out of town for whatever reason. And it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, he's the goat, but he's also like, he's a specific cult of personality where everything was this TV. And, and honestly, it might just be on that. It might just like the TV 12 cult period. Like he had followers. He had disciples around the league who look at him and are like, okay, I want to follow this Tom Brady thing. He cannot say he's living this TB12 lifestyle, this method, right. or this team anymore. That is not possible. So much of it was put into everything he does for his body, he does for the team, and how he prepares for football. And I'm not saying he's not prepared. He's obviously still very, very good and very, very prepared. Before people aggregate this and say we're saying Tom Brady's bad, it's not that. It's purely that we're saying the drop-off from what he was in the preparation, if the team's not good, people have to be somewhat sick of his shit. And it might be whispers now, but I'm genuinely interested to see how it progresses if the team doesn't figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure they are. But I, I mean, I guess my argument would be that it's not even that they're sick of it as much as it's players are made better by increased focus and increased attention to detail. And if they don't see mm -hmm. that same thing that demonstrated from their leader, I think that it's hard for them to replicate replicate that. And it's not a conscious decision. Yeah. I don't think that they're like, oh, I'm not going to do extra film study today because Tom Brady's not committed. But I do think that there's something to be said for like, I mean, and this is the definition of culture is like the accepted processes and activities. If the culture is one where the starter team flies in and out of town and doesn't practice on certain days and misses large parts of training camp, it's hard to then imagine that, that everyone else is going to be as committed as you want them to be. So I think that that's my best way of like diving in yeah. and explaining what's happening there and how Tom Brady's absence oh, is hold somewhat on. Um, a part of this. I think you actually, I think this is the fourth theory that we had at the beginning of the season that you got right now, that organizational stability is what matters in maintaining winning football teams from season to season. And Tom Brady was the organizational stability, and now he's unstable. And the we team did is it. Worse. Let's end on that beautiful note of us being football geniuses. All right, Charlie, appreciate you, brother. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, everybody's favorite fox surfers here for Roses and Thorns. Hey, Ashley. It's only because they haven't met the kids. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was going to say one's name, but I don't know who would be their favorite. No favorite. They're all favorites. Speaking of the so kids. Special. We did family pictures this weekend, which is always a fun time. You didn't put as much effort into the family pictures. Like, I feel like anyone who actually knows us and gets our family pictures, I think there is some anticipation 
about what's actually going to do this year, how she's going to outdo herself. And I think you're having a family picture rebuilding season. Is that fair to say? <laughs> it is. A re- I literally am just recycling. Shit. I'm sorry, stuff from before. That's actually one of my roses. Thank you. So every year, guys, we have ever since we had our third kid, um, we never did them before. But I started I used to actually judge people who sent out like Christmas cards or holiday cards, New Year's cards, whatever, of their families, just a picture, because it's so lazy, right? Like before that, I used to like search for nice packs of cards. Um, I would always be excited to find some really cool stuff with like a black woman on it because it looked like me, but like bought at like Target or Paper Source or wherever, like packs. And I would get them blank and I would write notes to everyone. Um, it would be like a hundred people. My hands would be so cramped. Like at least because I just was taught that's the way to do it. Like you are, you know, personal touches, whatever. But that just got to be exhausting. So I just kept trying to cut down on my list. And as we're married and Dominique like has friends and is adding to our cart list here and there, it's like getting harder to to do this. So finally, the, when we had our third child, I was like, you know what? We're just going to do it. No, that's not true. When I was pregnant with her, I think is the first year we might've done it. I was like, we're just going to, I wasn't in it. I I was not trying to be in pictures then, but I did pictures of the kids. And then I also hated people who did family pictures and thought the adults had to be in them. Cause I was like, you're not cute. If it's going to be a family picture, make it about the kids. Here I am, however many years later, styling like multiple outfits a year for my family to wear in pictures, like buying, it's kind of like when I do their like fall shopping or whatever, like buying them all these different outfits and then seeing what coordinates. I don't like to match. I like to coordinate. Um, It's a whole big thing. Sending out like, you know, a good Christmas card. Last year, I really went crazy. Let's just say I was bored because of the pandemic. Although I guess that was more two years ago. I sent out three different ones because I just couldn't decide which one I wanted to do. One actually had just me. So every, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone doesn't, everyone doesn't get all three. It's like. No, you, only. You get, you get I, I just, in my defense, I only did three once. Like, that's not okay. my norm. I'm not a psycho. But I mean, was it last year or the year before where you had like a uh, double like two-in-one hologram it's called a lenticular image for anyone who's looking for it um if you're searching trying to get it made that actually did it two years because it was so good i loved it so i went with like a different version of it and that's why i felt like i needed more than one card last year because i couldn't just redo like the old card here i'll show you um if you want to see my christmas i don't want to see it i I know what it was it was okay but yes it was like so those were two years in a row but anyway it's a big a big to do it's always a stressful day because one of my children particularly does not ever want to be in the pictures. Um, one of my favorite family pictures is we're all on a bench and we're like we're wearing these little coordinated outfits looking like this happy little family. And one of those little you know what's who refused to be in the picture is just leaving the picture. So I'm just like pulling him back and the photographer got and it. Now we like, only have one son, so you can no longer pretend like you are you are protecting his identity them back i'm pulling that one back into the picture and it's just a really cute picture and then because i always have an outfit change like that year we did these really bright outfits and it started i didn't always have an outfit change one year i didn't and then i just didn't like the way the outfits looked in the picture so now i'm like what if you don't like one have a backup maybe have two backups and um and it's so much fun. Dominic loves changing for them um, and getting the kids to want to do them when when he doesn't want to do them, but pretending like he doesn't hate them because. Oh, is that a rose? Example. No, that was I literally had it written down. It says you're so down for my family picture foolishness under the roses category that I did five seconds ago. Um, you're so down for my family picture foolishness and you're down for me generally, which I appreciate. But um, I mean, we're married. <laughs> I don't know. I know, but like <laughs> it kind of comes with the territory of. OK. Uh, all right being you're, down you're right. for one another um yeah i i appreciate photographs 
but I never run. Like, there you are smiling. No, I'm just saying in general, like I like the idea of recording things, but I don't like doing it. It's always kind of like staged and weird and whatever. But you're right. The personality, when the personalities of the kids show in the pictures, it's a lot more fun. And yeah, the personality jumps off the screen for actually all of them. All of them. Really Does personality showing count as we're a family of five, right? of only four of us being in most of the pictures this year because his personality was such that he was like, nah, I'm not going to be in them. Does that count as his personality showing in that picture? Yes. Sure. Sure. Why not? Speaking of being down for people in roses and thorns, you were um, down for me when I didn't want you to be, when I cut my hand and I was going to see your father to get stitches and forced your way into the car. And And you were grumpy about it the whole time. Because I like to be alone and I was about to be alone. For a whole twenty minute drive, yeah, there and like fifteen back. minutes to see my parents' house. It wasn't going to be a long time. Well, it was going to be great. It was going to be quiet and magical, and you forced your way in and made it seem like it was some big deal. When Ollie, I just had a small cut in my hand. I ended up not even being big enough for stitches. So, can I just say that this is the second time this year that ceramics have cut Dominique and he's had to go to my dad is a orthopedic surgeon well he doesn't operate anymore but he generally keeps like stuff at home this is the second time this year that you've needed (laughs) stitches or thought this time that you actually didn't need it you just needed some other stuff but but last time I needed it but I didn't get any because I know because he said he he didn't keep them at home and it was in the pandemic yeah he had the glue ones and this time he was prepared we got there and he had boil instruments a little tarpy thing out whatever that I don't know I'm not a doctor but and it was on Thursday so it was like before Grey's Anatomy so I felt like I was about to like feel like I was in an OR and then come home and I love I'm the only person who maybe after like what almost 20 years still watches Grey's Anatomy religiously so um yeah because honestly when I wasn't gonna go I was like I should go my sister happened to be here so I, we were able to leave the kids at home um and it was like their bedtime and I was like I really should go make sure he's okay and he can drive well with his hand but I also, you know, I'm going yeah. to be late for Grey's Anatomy. And that's when I really felt like I had to go. I was like, you can't choose Grey's Anatomy over him, especially when you have DVR. So I was like, no, you will let me in this car. I will stand out here in the rain until you unlock it. Real question is if, if DVR didn't exist, what, what would have happened? Because Grey's Anatomy is... You've had a longer relationship with Grey's Anatomy than you have with me. I definitely and it, have. it might be a little bit more, a little deeper, your relationship with Shonda and that particular show. Meredith. Oh my god, those are my people. Um, if great, I mean, you were fine. I might have if I was worried about. I maybe would have asked Lauren to ride with you to mom and dad's, but I also hadn't seen my parents in a little bit. So I like was like, you're going to go to go see my parents. I want to go see my parents. Um, I don't want to be in this house with these damn children. Um, so who were mostly in bed, but still can be annoying from there. Um, yeah, I think actually if like, if it was like, I just would never have been able to see Grey's Anatomy again. No, but how lucky are we that DVR does exist? Oh my God. And how spoiled are our children? Like if we're watching TV and they can't rewind it for some reason, like something's off on our whatever. And it's just like, sorry, you can't do that. Um, they are so frustrated. They're like, what do you mean you can't rewind it? What do you mean you can't just start it over? Cause they're used to everything on streaming. Lucky. Well, uh, we watch, we watch um, Abbott live, uh, Abbott Elementary live with Avery and she's not bothered by the commercials as much as nearly as much as I feel like a spoiled kid should be because I'm a little annoyed at the commercials and it's not like she entertains herself with the, with her phone in between just watches commercials it's not that big a deal I don't think 
No, I know, but no. I know, like, she can sit through commercials, but the little two particularly, and even her, like, if they miss something, they think you should always be able to go back. Like, like that's more their issue, is the not being able to rewind and just, like, start it on demand. Or, like, the few times that there's something on, other than for Avery, but, like, for the little two on, like, real TV that they want to watch. And it's, like, you can't. Just, like, Do Declan, our son is obsessed with Lamar Jackson. And he'll be like, hold on, Mom, rewind it so I can see, you know, him do that again. And on certain, like, certain, we use, like, some weird streaming for our cable sometimes and it doesn't always let you rewind um and he gets so he's like why i mean you just i'm like what is, is this live and they can always show <laughs> live things and i'm like well it actually is live and uh, this is how tv works i don't know how to, um well, but it uh, doesn't like most of the time you can rewind so we had another big sports weekend all we all weekend like did you think i feel like when i was a kid and i imagined what it was like to be an adult like i always imagined like having my weekends taken up by sporting events i feel like you and your siblings didn't really play sports you were i played soccer i told y'all before on here i played sorry really really making christina edit like you can't you can't not say that's <laughs> okay i mean go ahead she she's quick with the beat button she's got it under, under control i don't actually i don't even know if we caught that one you could just let that one slide yeah, i let you brought all you made the made it hot i it was <laughs> It was fine. Um, I played soccer from fourth through eighth grade and I played CYO basketball, probably those like fifth through eighth grade. I was the MVP of the B team in eighth grade. I honestly probably so should have been on the A team. How is that misleading? Is anything I'm saying a lie? It's true, but I mean, the truth can also be misleading. I don't get how it's misleading. I mean, I saying that you're the MVP of the B team suggests that you were a good. The B team, it was the bad team, okay? Suggests that you were a good basketball player. Like... I said it was the MVP of the B team. I didn't say it, but I was the MVP of the team. I admitted okay, the B I'm team. I'm sorry. You were... didn't make the A team. I, I mean, you, we, in I our parent team, hold on. Hold, 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 hold. I can't. I can't have anything. I would like to be. I need to go get my trophy from my closet. I want to be the athlete in this family. And you my parents to... put it over, and no one else will take it. You won't even. You won't even let me be that. Like I, this morning in the parent teacher conference for our oldest, I was reminded that you were like taking AP calculus in high school and whatever. Like I wasn't doing that. I was good at sports. Can I be the one that's good at sports? I'm you are. Sports. I was MVP of the B team. I know you I don't get that for four Erase years. And I never, I never scored a goal as, as I told you, actually Avery for the first game this year or in the past couple of years, didn't score a goal in soccer yesterday. And I was like, Maybe she understands what it was like to be me. Yeah, she was. She, she was, was still doing like, great otherwise. Eh. Yeah, I mean, the goal that was scored was a reflect was a deflection off a shot that she took, and she probably saved like ten to twelve shots on goal. No one celebrates the defense as a defensive person. Like I appreciate her defensive prowess much more than anything else. And everyone is else out there like, oh, score a goal, Avery, score a goal. No, Deedum pulls up. And the girls they were playing this week were using their forearms and stuff. I was I normally don't care, but you know that there are parents, and I guess my re my reaction when there are parents who are too into the game, uh, should not be that I get into the game because normally like I'm cool with all the games. Like I don't care, we win or lose, whatever. But when I see the other parents like, yeah, get them, yeah, play, stop that girl. It's like getting into it and like yelling at the refs and stuff. Then I really want our teams to win. And fortunately, 
the soccer team prevailed this week and I could smugly look at these parents as we walked to the car. Well, I really love the other team. Okay. And I will say, let me finish that on the way home or when they, we actually drove separately and she wrote back with him. But as we're walking to the house, I hear him teaching her about different ways to use her forearm while playing soccer and how she needs to do it more like those other girls. Also at one point she kicked a ball and it just hit another player on the other team really hard. And I, and I'm like, Oh, and Dom's like, nah, she's been forearming the whole time. She deserves this. Um, so yeah. anyway, that's how he Rock feels. But listen, yeah. I like them because so I was like wearing like my normal leggings and hoodie or whatever yesterday. And um the other girls, as they were walking off, I said, Good job, girls. Um, like I was by myself, all the rest of the people from our um team in school had gone ahead, but I had left something in the field, so I came back. So I said, Good job, girls. And they said, Good job to you too. Good game. And then they looked and said, Oh. I'm sorry, ma'am. Oh, thank you. But what that means is for a hot second, they thought that I might have been somebody playing against them, like a 12-year-old. Um, obviously, I don't want to look like a 12-year-old, but it just means they thought I looked a little bit young. So just because, just because like all them. the other all the parents were wearing earth tones and you had on bright pink leggings and a tie-dye hoodie. Like I don't They were not pink, they were a subtle strawberry. They were they not very, subtle. They are not, they not bright, strawberry. Johnny. They are not bright. No. They are not bright. They are a those strawberries are poisonous. They look nice with um. They look nice with like olive greens. They are a muted color. We're not gonna like. I have the bright version. Okay. Well, was the tie dye? Was the tie dye? Was the tie dye hoodie bright? Honestly, it wasn't like the most bright that I own, but it was bright. Like, what are you saying? Nothing. I'm just not colorful today. Look, I'm dressed in boring colors. Why? Because it's homecoming week. Go Terps. Go Maryland. Yes, we had homecoming for the kids' school. That was fun, too. Um, all right, I feel like it was a lot. Uh, did you work in all your roses of thorns? Let's roll them out. I, I love a good thorn. Let's get well, back. Another rose is you were patient and went shopping this week while we were in New York or last week. Oh, yeah. You got some fly. You know what? I'm not going to curse because I don't do that. But you got some fly clothes. You look you looked cute in them, yes. Um, thorns, Um, honestly, again, like I don't have anything really substantive. I'm going for quantity over quality but um speaking of going to the games i didn't actually go to it because i had a hair appointment for family pictures you were talking trash about my daughter soccer game the little one emmy oh yeah yeah that's that's rough man the youngest one is like all of our kids are pretty athletic and the youngest one is is mvp of the team yes the youngest one is also athletic is that what people do yeah that was a shot um i don't like care if they're good just try and she's only six but like she just completely loses focus and like doesn't care and then has the nerve to be like are you coming to my game i can't wait to play and then she like displays her strength and athleticism by doing one hand cartwheels in the middle of the game it's like apply that wants to be a gymnast Fortunately, she's gonna be tall (laughs) yeah apply that to the soccer and then she just like i don't know it's fine if you're not into it so we just won't play soccer anymore. And and, uh, and we have the opposite issue with our son. Well, not even. He's done so much better the last few weeks. But, like, he is too into the games in that he's arguing with refs, arguing with the other team, yelling at his teammates, um, talking back to his coach. And for the last three weeks, I think he's had the best three games he's had, like, as a player, but he also has, like, had the best, like, I've been talking to him a bunch about, like, take responsibility, be positive, and, um, and, like, use this voice that you have, 
to like keep everyone focused on the things that matter. And he's done a great job of that. In the last he three was years. trying to trash talk the other team yesterday, though. Yeah, I, I I don't mind that as much. Uh, they, I, they, I you know I watch him like a hawk, and like I don't want him to be a pushover. So like the thing was, those guys that team they were playing, playing started, older guys now. It sucks. Yeah, they're they're an older team that they were playing, and that team um was yelling at some of his teammates on the field. So. Deck walked over there and started. Oh, is Lamar getting close to you? Hi, Lamar. Yes. Uh, that's our cat, cat, if you don't know. He's named um, after Lamar Jackson. Look. Yeah. So anyway. That, uh, He's a bangle. You picked him up. Wow. You're. Oh, oh, goodness. I didn't drop him. Uh, did you? Good job. That was exciting and dangerous. And now your eyes are going to swell up. Um. All right. All right, I think we're almost out of time. So rat-a-tat-tat me, my thorns. Let's get better. I said you were trash-talking Emmy's game. That's one. Oh, yeah. oh, you don't watch the videos that I send you of me singing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm good. I mean, I, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll yeah, watch Yeah, I know you don't watch them when I tag you in them on Instagram, but you could at least watch them when I make them just for you and don't even share I didn't know they were just for me. I thought that they but were what Instagram What if they were? I send them to you. If I send you something, open it. I'm good. Oh, I, I, it feels like cheap. I mean, Instagram is for people who you're not married to. Like, I don't don't send me nothing that you put. So what type of videos do you want me to send you? Not not ones that you can post on Instagram. <laughs> That's for damn sure. I mean, I I I feel like I'm one of your little friends. Like your mom would. Those tell ones you, weren't I even on Instagram. Well, I, I ain't one of your little friends. Don't send me no Instagram video. Ain't nobody. Those ones that. weren't things that I posted. Right. Well, then when you text it to me, say this is not going on Instagram. This is just for you, and then I watch. A thorn for me. Go ahead. No, right. no, not a thorn for you. It was a, a a thorn for myself. Oh, oh, babe, no, you're perfect. Don't have thorns for you. Oh yeah, I'm not perfect, but no, I know that you were annoyed at me lying to the dads on. So weird. <laughs> I'm married to a weirdo, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're. But I love my weirdo. Congratulations. Tell them about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't like with my life. I, I like, you know, how those plates at cookout sometimes have the dividers to keep the food from touching. I kind of like my life like that. And I don't like when people at like my kids' schools want to talk to me about that. He brings me on his podcast to talk to me about work. No, I brought you on a podcast because I think the podcast is best when I'm comfortable and who am I better, who am I more comfortable with than you. But anyway, so. Yeah, so these dads asking me questions about my podcast, and I told him it got canceled because oh, not enough weird. people are listening to it. Because I don't want to talk about it no more. They kept asking me. But this is a dad that we talk to every week, and the dad was like apologetic. So this was like two weeks ago, and Dominic, I was like, Dominic, that's strange. That's really if he weird cared that you. much. He wouldn't have to ask me if it was how it was going. You listen, no, Dominic. Well. He's asking from your perspective. That is really, really strange, and I hope he's not listening. So like. Like to just be like, oh yeah, like it's a straight lie. Like, okay, people lie. Let's let's all act like we're all honest all the time. Okay, no, I'm the only person lie, who ever lies. But like, that's a weird thing to lie about, and it's like very provable false. I know I said I'm married to a weirdo, but I love my weirdo. But I was just really confused. Like, you're just gonna tell someone just because he asked how how something was going. It oh, wasn't just you. that one question. It was a series of questions, and I got tired of answering them. So guess what? That was the last time he asked me about it, and then the following week, didn't say one thing about it. You're so... And, like, you actually like this guy, though, too. Like, it's so... Yeah, I do. He's yeah, like, guy. it's so weird. Like, like the, like I just don't understand why you lie about that. I, I mean, it's not as weird as me, like, 
I don't know, something. I don't want to. We we like a we got a relationship. We can have that relationship. It doesn't have to be about uh, my whatever. Okay, I'm weird. It's fine. Okay, I did. It's uh, not. It's people checking in on you and seeing how you're doing and like, like how your new that. work things are going. I yes, don't like people to do that's that. That's very weird. Okay, we established I'm weird. That's one thorn that we can't do nothing about. I'm weird. That's what I it is. I love your weirdness. Any other any other thorns? You good? All right. Any more roses? I love you too. Like, no, here's a rose. Here's a rose. Y'all can take this out if it makes it go too long. But but you talk about how you like seeing my gray hair as one because you just like you have an elderly fetish. But you just like, <laughs> kind of are growing old together. Like I over the last week and last weeks, like I look at things like like our emotional maturity, like like we've gotten you're so much better at sharing your feelings. Um, And that's something like you're just so patient, so much more patient as a person and a dad. And those are things that um, it looks like he's shaking his head to Christina to take it out. But those no, are- no, no, you can leave it in. I was shaking my he- I was shaking my head about sharing my feelings. I just lied to you about how I feel. Yeah, he lies. He lies. He's yeah, I just okay. rather rather than share my actual feelings, I make well, up some sharing feelings. Sharing someone's feelings, so yeah, I you appreciate go. you, and <laughs> I love the way we've grown together and continue to grow together. I love you too. Thank you for helping my podcast get better. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Addie. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Sarah. Now I'm wondering if he's being sarcastic. No, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being genuine. Goodbye. All the time. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.